Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're starting a new series today. I've titled it, Two Kingdoms. We're going to start with a reality check. Somehow, I get the sense within the church, there's a feeling that sin no longer matters. As a pastor, I have the great privilege to be on the front line in the lives of people, in their marriage, in their family, in their singleness, in their jobs, when they're young, when they're old, at their birth, at their death, at their salvation, at their time of lack, at their time of abundance, in their tragedies, in their victories, during their cries of desperation, and during their shouts of joy, and when they make mistakes, and when they do things right, and when they're on fire for God, and when they're mad at God, when they're depressed, and when they're on top of the world. I love being a pastor, but I am concerned. Concerned that we live in a time where those who confess Christ have put the word of God to the side. Oh yes, they love God and are truly saved, but they seem to think that sin is not a real issue. And continuing in behavior that is clearly not recommended by God will not have any negative effects. Hitting ourselves with a baseball bat may not take our salvation, but to think it will not hurt cause damage and need healing is clearly mistaken. As a matter of fact, if we continue to hit ourselves with the bat, it may cause permanent damage. Some feel the Ten Commandments are no longer valid. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about Christians. So as a pastor, I will say this. Yes, we are saved, forgiven, redeemed from the curse of the law, righteous in his sight, and sanctified by his blood. But to think a night of sexual immorality or sex outside of marriage or a few lies to our spouse and children or to our boss at work, a little bit of adultery, a little bit of stealing things that do not belong to us, a few blasphemies using God's name in vain, that it will not cause some type of damage, we are severely misled. The first thing that gets hit is our conscience. Yes, we all have one. It's amazing how much our conscience knows the difference between right and wrong. We can try to suppress it and pretend it's okay, but our conscience is independent of our upbringing, our attitude, our education, and even ourselves. It's an amazing thing. When our conscience suffers, it's good, but not good, if you know what I mean. The next thing that happens is our broken conscience attacks our faith. Again, That's good, but not good. Thank God our conscience is working, and thank God we know our faith has been attacked, but now we need to know 
what to do and how to regain our victory. But personal challenges are not the only damage that can occur. A few lies in a marriage, whether we're saved or not, can cause tremendous damage in our relationship. There can be a great loss of trust that may take a very long time to regain, and there can even be so much damage it can't be repaired, causing separation or divorce. The same can happen with sexual immorality, adultery, fornication, stealing, coveting, and so on. Well, someone might say, but I thought I was saved, forgiven, and delivered. Well, you are, but be careful. There's a thing called the deceitfulness of sin, and it can get Christians just as easy as sinners. The progression moves from our own conscience and faith to our relationship with others. Sin has a way, whether we're saved or not, to damage relationships. It causes broken trust, bad attitudes, anger, unforgiveness, separation, and the list goes on. Yes, God's grace is huge. It's amazing to me how big it is. It's so big it's difficult to describe and to fully understand. His grace is absolutely sufficient. However, it does not magically remove the effects sin can have in our relationship with others. This even applies to man's law. Even as a Christian, being saved, born again, and redeemed, set free by the blood of the Lamb, if I decide to disobey the speed limit on the highway, I can still get a ticket. Do you believe that? Well, what would happen if I decided to continue with that behavior? Well, I can get more fines, eventually lose my license, and even spend some time in jail, even as a Christian. Oh, and my insurance company will even punish me by charging more. Am I still going to heaven? Maybe so. Am I still going to heaven? Maybe so, but I might be going from jail to heaven. Ha! <laughs> I certainly won't be driving a car there. Yes, sin does matter to Christians. Over the next few days, we'll be talking about two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. I'm concerned because there are many Christians, young and old, delving into the kingdom of darkness and saying that it's okay. Well, I'll simply say as a pastor, not so. Listen to John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. And John chapter 12, verse 46 says, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So the question we're considering is, can Christians dabble in the kingdom of darkness and not get singed? Well, as we have discussed, the first thing that suffers is our conscience. If we're not careful, it quickly progresses to our faith. Then, well, as you can see, it has a plan and a design. It's designed to destroy us. It's called the deceitfulness of sin. And it even affects blood-bought, redeemed, forgiven, saved, and born-again Christians. Some believe not so. I say, <laughs> then try it. Well, let's talk about conscience. Listen to what 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 19 says. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith 
and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. You see, our conscience and our faith are intimately tied together. If we break our conscience, we put our faith in question. In the long run, we can even defile our conscience. Listen to what it says in Titus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So we can even know the law of God and excuse our conscience. Listen to this in Romans chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So Christians can do this? If so, how? Well, false prophets and false teachings is one of the most dangerous enablers. They are currently grabbing, pulling, and deceiving major groups of the church. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. And then in the book of Jude, verses 16 through 19, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, having not the Spirit. So let's talk about this thing we call the deceitfulness of sin. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. There are several statements in the scripture we just read that would be well worth our study. First one is called the deceitfulness of sin. Secondly, our steadfast confidence. Thirdly, hardening our hearts. And finally, the word rebellion. First, notice this passage is not written to sinners. It's written to us. Notice a progression. I'll say it this way. Beware of the deceitfulness of sin which will attack our steadfast confidence, begin to harden our hearts, and bring us to a final place of rebellion. You see, the deceitfulness of sin is a hardener. Like glue, it takes some time to set dry and become permanent. But someone might say, I believe in grace. I do not believe that sin can hurt me. I'm saved no matter what. Well, my response to that is, well, okay, then try it. 
See how well your wife does with adultery. See how well your employer does with continued theft and dishonesty. See how well your neighbors do with hatred. See how well you do if you murder a person, even if it's just with words. See how well you do with sexual immorality. Go ahead, rob a few banks and see how things turn out. Okay, so it's evident that sin can affect our lives on earth. But am I saying continual behavior in these matters may affect our salvation? And that is a big question. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the ages to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Well, think about that. It says it's impossible if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. That's a strong statement. I hate to stop here, but tune in tomorrow at the same time, same place, and same channel, and we'll continue with our series called Two Kingdoms. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.